Welcome to another episode of Love with Elise Peck. I'm your host, Elise Peck, best-selling author on the topic of love, personal one-on-one love and life coach. I've helped countless people over thousands of one-on-one hours to get the love that they want in their life. And I'm so excited today to have Michelle Steiner on the podcast. Now, Michelle has been with her husband for 14 years, and this is a really sort of wholesome, sweet, beautiful, slow, steady, authentic story of love. It's just two people gently showing up to life uh, with the energy of trust and with doing things that bring them joy and and really a story of two people that were following their joy and that caused them to be kind of orbiting each other you know accidentally uh, being in the same same places as each other so many times uh, just through their own alignment through following their own internal inspiration and their authenticity just brought them together Um, So this is a beautiful story about love showing up when you least expect it, about, you know, handing it over to God, about letting go, trusting the process and uh, yeah, and and being you, being you and just sharing who you truly are and knowing that that is that just signals to the right person that you are the person for them. All right. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Love with Elise Peck. I'm your host, Elise Peck, and today I'm very excited to have Michelle Steiner on the podcast. So welcome, Michelle. Oh, thank you so much, Elise, for having me. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for being here. So let us dive in. I'd love to start with just pretty much a snapshot of the love in your life right now, the romantic relationship in in your life right now. Tell us what you've got going on. Sure. My husband and I have, in June, we celebrated our seven years of being married and we've been together for 14 years and in the past seven, we, uh, yeah, we, we, um, we've been married. Oh, congratulations. I love it. Thank you. 17. Beautiful. So what I would, uh, can I just ask quickly, what is your favorite thing about, about being married to your husband? One of my favorite things about my husband is he is so caring and he is so sweet. And that that's just what I love about him. Oh, oh, I love that. I really, I'm really into the caring, sweet energy as well. <laughs> I'm always, when I'm watching like the TV shows, like go for the nice guy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause this is someone that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. So it's, it's beautiful that they can, they can be that kind, caring person. I love it. So can we now go back to, your mindset right before you met your husband were you looking for a relationship like where was your mind at I I always um I I definitely was looking for a relationship but the beauty was it happened whenever I wasn't looking (laughs) and right before I, I can just remember before I met him I had a long string of people that just weren't the right person and I finally just prayed I said okay God until you're ready to send me the right person, don't send anybody. And for a while, really no one came in uh, to, to my life. 
So it was, you know, but that was my time where I was single and I was able to be able to do other things. And when I met him, I wasn't even looking for him. And we just have the the, the cutest story of when we first met. Uh, we, I was volunteering at, at our, our, our local arts center for the evening. And that's where he was going to play guitar that night for our open mic. And I was walking down the street and he noticed me first. He saw that I was wearing a red dress and he wondered, oh, who's that girl? Where's she going? And it turns out we were going to the same place. And once he got there, it, it turned out he knew some of my mutual friends. And we just, he lived out of uh, our area for a long time. And we, did, we just didn't, we, we knew the same people, but we just weren't in that same circle. And he changed jobs and he was back visiting with his mom. And he's like, wow, she knows uh, the, the same people. And all that summer, he would come around and we would have uh, open mic nights and everybody knew that he liked me, except for me. <laughs> I was the one, I, I mean, because my husband is more shy, but we got to develop a really nice friendship together over that summer. And he asked me, I can remember it was Labor Day weekend uh, towards the end of August, um, going into September, well, actually going into September. And he goes, can I have your email address? And I'm like, well, sure. I, I have no problem with that. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, oh, he's probably not going to email me. And sure enough, when I uh, checked my email a couple of days later uh, at school, he he emailed me. And I and we just had this really nice correspondence of uh, uh, emailing each other and communicating. And he came home. Uh, I can, It was Thanksgiving weekend. And he finally asked, he, he finally um, got my email and said, are you going to be home? And I, I said, yeah. And uh, later we went out to the open mic that night and later he emailed me, but I didn't get his email uh, until the day after he left to go back. And he was asking me out to go out to dinner and there was the phone number. Uh, he left his number and I, I like, mom, should I give him a call? And she's like, yeah, go give him a call. And I called him and explained everything. And I said, yeah, if you're coming home for Christmas, uh, would you want to go out? And or he asked me out and right before Christmas, uh, he, uh, uh, we, we had our first date and that was 14 years ago. Oh, oh, I love this. There's, there's, there's so much in here that I want to ask more about. Um, sure. <laughs> it's just that the whole energy, your energy is really lovely. But the whole thing is like this really sweet. It just feels really sweet and wholesome, I think, is like the word that's coming. It just seems lovely. So if we can go to the moment, well, just my, my question is, what was the time frame that all of that happened? So from him first seeing you in the red dress to Christmas' uh -huh. first date, what was that length? The timeline. Yes, that I believe we met around June right, right. that year, like June. And then it was Christmas when we had our first date. And all throughout that time over the summer, um, he was asking about me. He was like uh, asking. Yeah, exactly. We developed a friendship first. So things weren't yeah. really awkward or trying to get to know each other. So we, ha we had that time to get to, uh, really had a chance to develop that, that relationship. 
That is so beautiful. So my question is, his first impression of you was, who is that girl, the red dress? And there was like this curiosity or some pull. There was something about you mm -hmm. that just stood out to him. What was your first impression of seeing this guy at this event with playing the guitar? What was your first impression of him? He seemed like a nice guy. I don't really, because he was so shy, I really didn't notice him that much that, that um, at the event. What I did notice, we went out uh, afterwards just to have um, coffee. Like all of us went out like for coffee and snacks and um, he was really nice. He sat beside me. I thought he was a nice guy. And I started to notice though, when he would come around to our open mic nights at the art center that we had weekly, he would, um, he would be really nice and he would sit down and he would talk with me and I, you know, he was pretty shy. So I really didn't get a chance to, um, I, I really couldn't get a great read on him. Uh, and I can remember too, he went out with us that one night in the beginning, but then I would say, hey, we're going out for coffee. Do you want to come? And he would be like, no, I think I'm just going to head out, you know, have a nice week. So it, I, I can remember uh, just getting that feel that he was a really nice guy. Mm, mm. Oh, I love that. And another question that came up for me was, so uh, he sent you this email eventually, like this mm -hmm. expense asking you out. How long was it until you saw that email? It was a day. A I, day. I waited a day after. Yeah. Okay. It was that. Right. Because yeah. we were emailing for a couple months. And I for that was the one day I didn't check my school email. So usually and, you would see them more regularly. Usually you'd be quite responsive very quickly, would you? Yes. You would email. Uh -huh. And what was your usual response rate? Uh, we usually like right afterwards, yeah. you know, we would email each other and, and be able to talk. Yeah. Cause you sort of, uh, in the story, I thought I picked up that there was some sort of interesting delay that happened after that, which might, maybe might have got him going, Oh, I've asked her out. And then she's right. gone quiet. She's gotten quiet. Um, exactly. Cause it was just like one day that I didn't check in. And I, I remember checking. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> And what did, you're, you're think? what did you think when you saw him kind of cross that line from um, friendship to it being really clear that this was now a romantic date? I was so happy because oh. I, I had that chance to talk to my friends during that time when we were emailing each other. Um, I didn't, I, I was so happy because I, I didn't know how it was going to work out with a lot of that, but they gave me a lot, some really good insight. They said, he's a really nice guy. And he's a lot of fun. And that was definitely uh, true. And I can remember a dear friend of mine telling me he's a good guy, but he's a little quirky. And that was one of the cute things that I've also find, found out to be true. And I was just so happy because I, I we had that we had that friendship and we had that connection. And we it was just I it, it was just so nice. It's so beautiful. So it's it comes across to me that it was two people that felt sort of a connection or pull to each other, mm -hmm. and you just really um, authentically uh, just showed up as yourself for six months. You just, you know, so often out in the dating space and these days with the apps and everyone being so replaceable, mm -hmm. there's a lot of techniques and don't call after two days and this and all. 
it, it feels like, it sounds like the both of you were just being really authentic and just like no games, no waiting, not trying to do anything or be anyone, just letting it unfold naturally and not trying to control yeah. it. Would you, would you agree with that? Oh, I would a hundred percent because that was something that I couldn't even plan. I can remember whenever there would be times where I would get set up with somebody and things just didn't work out. We just weren't right for each other. Or I can remember being very young and we went to a singles mixer and it just was, I, I can still remember one of my friends saying, uh, you may not want to go to that because you're probably going to find, uh, you know, not the right kind of person. And she was hundred percent right. And uh, even trying to meet people online, it's, it was just too artificial. It just, it just didn't seem to flow. The, I, I didn't, meet the person that I was supposed to be able to meet until it was the right time. I love it. And I, you know, it's really interesting that I've been interviewing a few people on their love mm -hmm. stories and the one right before you uh, said the exact same thing. He <laughs> handed it over to God. Um, and it's the first that it, both of those conversations I've had today uh, and it's the first time someone's ever said it that way. So I find it, there's something there to listen to that there was this sense of, okay, don't send me anyone unless it's the right one. But ultimately there was a letting go of control or trying to make the outcome happen. It was a handing it over. It was like a surrendering it over. Mm -hmm. Yes, I want this. And also I get that maybe this is bigger than me. And that there's, you know, uh, there is more to this than just trying to make it happen myself. So I'm going to let it go and hand it over. Exactly. That. Because I was also at a point in my life where I really wanted to have a relationship and it was that surrendering it. But I could also be happy and fulfilled without having that and just having that relationship just added to my life. So beautiful. So it's the energy of loving what you have and being open for more and acknowledging that that you would like more and you want more, but also you're okay. Like easy if it happens, easy if it doesn't. Would you say that that is like the... Exactly. Because during that time, I was going back to school at university to get my bachelor's. So I was moving in that direction. I still have wonderful friends and I was doing a lot with, with them. And uh, we, we still do a lot together. And I had that going on and I was volunteering in my community. And um, that was all. So I had a really fulfilled life, but it, it just was, I can remember I had a friend who told me I was seeing a guy, it wasn't really working out. And she goes, you know, it, it's not about taking away. It's about adding to your life. And that's, yeah. So anything that came after my husband was just, you know, adding that to my life. He was in a, a wonderful addition to that. So beautiful. And did you ever, so after you then um, had this first date, did you ever have a moment where you had this realization of, oh my gosh, I think this is my future husband, or I think this is the one. Did you have a sensation of that at any point? I did. I really, we, we both were definitely attached to each other. Um, and we knew we loved each other. Uh, in fact, I think he said it first, <laughs> and, but then he kind of got shy about that because I wish I would have saved that recording because he said, oh, I love you. And I'm like, oh, uh, <laughs> and then 
we, he didn't say it for uh, for a really long time until we had a project when he went back to school about have you ever been in love and he was just really shy about about saying stuff like that so but I knew we had this connection and we had this respect and I, I I think I knew in the back of my head that yes we were going to be together whether it was going to be married or just uh having that uh long-term relationship I knew that this was uh yeah the long term wow so beautiful and just to pick out some of the details from earlier so the reason mm -hmm. you were going to that event that night was to volunteer is that right Yes, I volunteered at our uh, local art center. Uh, I would, uh, I like to write. So, and so does my husband and I would read like stories and, and things like that. And I also remember we did some cleaning and just uh, greeting the guests and just helping to run uh, the, the, the art gallery that night. So that was, yes, that's what, what I was doing. The energy of going out that night was doing something that made you feel happy uh, yep. for you. So it's like not going to, you know, as you said, like these single mixes where you're going to find someone instead going to an event that just it was something that was going to fulfill you. Um, exactly. That's what I was out there. I wasn't trying to find a person. That <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and do you think that the reason you saw him for the next six months was because you you both then made an effort to be at the same events or was it kind of almost like there was destiny or something that kept bringing you to the same events for six months how, how did you end up seeing each other so often i think a lot of it was uh the common interest we both love to write and that's something we've always liked to do he's more into singing into 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 music but it was having that common interest and that common bond that i think brought it together so were you and, turning up and yeah. being like, oh, oh, that guy's here again? Uh, or, mm -hmm. were you, or were you planning to go to the same things? I was, um, you know what? I was planning on going to the same thing. That was even before he came along. Uh, they used to have, it was a weekly event that we would do. So I was doing it irregardless. And it just so happened that God placed him in my life and someone that had the same interest and uh, we just, uh, it was a combination of fate and it was also that combination of, uh, we just, we definitely had our interest that we like to do those things. I love it. So is it a bit like if you hadn't met that first night, you probably were going to meet at some point down the road at a different event? Right. And, and the funny thing is, when we look back on certain poetry readings or certain events, we were at the same place. We just didn't see each other. Yeah. You know, it was like we were blind to the fact that <laughs> the person existed because we just weren't ready to uh, find that. Uh, we weren't ready to be in a relationship with each other at that point. So I, I, yeah, we'll look back. My name didn't get in the program at one of these poetry readings that I read <laughs> at. And, but I, and I remember the cover and he goes, Hey, I was there. Don't you remember me? I was the guy that spilled coffee everywhere. So I said, no, I, I don't remember that. And there'd be other events like, hey, I went to that place. And it just, we just didn't notice each other. Oh my gosh. It's almost like you were just orbiting each other until you were ready. Um, mm -hmm. That's so incredible. And I've actually heard that that can happen sometimes. It's a strange thing to say, but I've been watching a show called Indian Matchmaking and they got like a full <laughs> They got like a fortune teller or it's like on Netflix. They got a fortune teller yeah. and the person said to her, this person, you're orbiting each other. 
and you're going to come together. And so it's just it's bringing that up now that you're yeah. this is a real story of two people, like they're going to collide at some point. It's just a matter of like if, sorry, when, not if. Um, so there was this real orbiting. Now, did he ever, has he ever shared with you um, what made him decide to finally ask you on a date or how he knew that he wanted to date you? Has he shared what, what went on for him? I will always ask him that question because he's a little more shy. And he said, you passed all my tests. Oh. And I said, well, what test did you have for me to pass? He goes, I don't know. Because <laughs> you just passed them all. And I think he had some relationships the same as I did that didn't work out in the past. So he was a little more shy. He wanted to make sure um, that that I was going to be the, the, the person that he wanted to spend his life, uh, life with. And uh, I knew I definitely, with having a lot of past hurt, that I wanted to make sure that was it. And everybody else just saw this. In fact, um, the one nice older gentleman goes, yeah, every time you turned your head, he turned his head in your direction. And <laughs> and Ron, my husband will say the same thing. Well, you were always looking at me. <laughs> and it was just funny that we were, you know, just really connecting and orbiting around, like you said, orbiting around each other. And I can still remember right before he gave me the email, he talked about, he was singing this song and it was about this, they were both really shy about this girl uh, they got away <laughs> and that uh, dear old, uh, old friend of mine he went up to him and said oh you better not let the next one get away and he goes I won't and he sat down beside me and that's what he does for the email so it was Aww. just really sweet oh that's so beautiful oh my gosh <laughs> so you're sort of just turning up being yourself for six months and he's turning up and he's drawn to you and he's uncovering you in his mind. He's finding out more and more and more and more and more until he has this sensation of, yes, she, everything I found out has passed my tests and now I know mm -hmm. I want to take her out on a date. So it's just, he was like gently uncovering and discovering yep. and ticking off some things in his head. And you were just being, you were just being you. You weren't sort of aware that, like you weren't testing him. You weren't um, trying to figure no. him out. No, you were just no, definitely. I was just getting to know somebody and we just clicked right away. It wasn't that really odd, like trying to get to know somebody or think about, uh, you know, oh, what do I say? Or I want to put on this impression or things like that uh, so much. It was more, oh, we're just, we, we, we knew each other. So, yeah. <laughs> and what was, what was the sensation when you spent time with him? Was it, were you very calm? Was it like easy? Was it? It definitely was. In fact, I have a learning display, so I'm not able to drive because of that. And I can remember telling him on the first date, hey, I have a learning disability. And um, a lot of guys weren't okay with that. And, and he was the first one that asked me, oh, well, how does that make you feel having one? And nobody else ha had ever uh, in a relationship have ever, has ever asked that. And we, um, it's been a learning curve with certain things, but um, we've been able to, he, that, that really wasn't an issue with him. Oh, and I felt calm. yeah. And I just felt calm and comfortable enough to tell him stuff like that. So you just found yourself naturally wanting to open up and share who you were because he felt so sort of safe. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And he really just, yeah, was being with you. That's so beautiful. I ask that because I've noticed that people that are in satisfying relationships long-term, 
that that's one of the common threads is they say it wasn't like fireworks and like crazy chemistry. It was Yeah, more exactly. it was more like coming home to a home that I'd never known. It was more like a a sensation of ease and comfort. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's not like what you might see in Hollywood or in movies. I mean, it wasn't all, uh, you know, like the, that sort of thing. It was more just like that comfort and that, like you said, coming home and just being it, being feeling safe around. Yeah, and I, I think it's so important for people to hear this over and over again because something I think is really underrated in life is secure attachment, is having relationships that provide a secure base, a steady base for us to feel safe. It's like that soft landing place when you come home. You can go out in the world uh, and you can, Right. you can have kind of the confidence to take risks because, you know, you've got a soft landing place at home. Whereas I think a lot of people are looking for a high in another person. Yep. And I, I think that actually misses the point Mm -hmm. of what re the real gift of relationship is. You're going to go there. You're going to create love with someone else. You're going to make them feel secure. They'll make you feel secure. And now the two of you are so much stronger in life because of that. So like love at home should not be the battlefield. And yes, it's hard work. But ultimately it ought to be two people making the other one stronger um, for life. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Yep. And do you feel like having this love in your life has like, what, what do you think it's brought to your life? Having this. I think it's brought a lot of enrichment to my life. It's, it's having another person in, um, that I get to share life with. You know, we share the good, we share the bad. Uh, we love going on um, adventures together, like going to museums and different and traveling to different places. And You know, he he's my uh, my my partner in life, and I I couldn't do it without him. And you have this beautiful warmth about you. Uh, often, often I find that people that they have this beautiful, they have secure attachment in their life. There is like a a warmness and a softness. Uh, Thank it's like you. the guard isn't up. And I I find where often if people are struggling for love, um, oh, there's a, like a tension that you feel release with secure attachment. And I just want to point that out because I really want to. um sell <laughs> not sell but i really want to promote secure attachment as um as it this being a good thing your nervous system even if you're addicted to chaos and drama that might feel exciting the roller coaster of love might feel exciting but the gift of your nervous system being at rest and being in love i think is so rich and so i just want to point out what i see as a benefit is i can see that It, it's like you you have the sense you have the energy as if you are supported and loved uh, and that your heart is open so I can imagine you're making someone else feel supported and loved too uh, it's like this open-hearted living this open-hearted energy it's really it's just a warm safe feeling um which yeah I think is undervalued and I, <laughs> I think uh, yeah I think so many people are searching for connection and this is this is the energy that really gives you the feeling of belonging and and connection so I oh I, I had a question and I distracted myself by going on a tangent about <laughs> secure attachment I'm trying to remember what that question was but I'll go with um what are your tips so you're 14 years in and you the way you speak about him clearly just you still love him like clearly you're not what you know I, I can tell the way a person talks about their partner I can tell if they're in the power struggle 
or if they are in real love. And I can feel that there is there is real love there uh, and you're not, like the power struggle, usually they kind of like, you can feel the mm-hmm. connection and resentment. Uh, but I can feel the love with you. So 14 years in, what are your tips on sustainable love? I think it's finding things that you're working together for a common goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love to do things uh, yeah, involved like with writing, uh, another art project. Sometimes we like to paint. Uh, we just did a couple's paint party uh, on Sunday. And just being able to have that, that connection with being having fun together. Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. really enjoying that part of the relationship helps. I, I think that, that that's part of the key. A lot of laughter mm-hmm. and just be, just enjoying that time that you get to spend with, with that person. That's so beautiful. Yeah, having fun and bonding and laughing together. And I mean, maybe you've never slipped out of it, but sometimes life happens and it gets hard and the circumstances mm-hmm. mean that it's actually harder to have the play and the fun because both people are stressed out. Mm -hmm. And so there's a time sometimes when relationships, both people get stressed out and they're in this dynamic where it's like, it's now the goodwill bank is low. (laughs) Yes. The connection is a bit stressed. And so someone will be playful and that won't land well. And I wonder if, if you've ever experienced that and have any tips on how people can come back to playing and laughing more if, if, I mean, your answer might be we've never fallen off. It's been, we've been able to play the whole time. But I'm just curious if you have any tips for any people that aren't there right now, how they could call Right. I think sometimes if you can find something, some way to connect uh, with that person. I I know that sometimes you might have a busy time like with work schedules and just other obligations, but it's making that time, even if it's just a five minute walk or it's sitting down at the end of the day, um, and just be having that time to talk, even if it's late to, to be able to do that, or even early in the morning, uh, if that works out better for you. And it's just having that time that you're able to connect and to be able to talk to each other or just sitting down with a movie or just um, with a drink at the end of the day and just having that connection, even if it's just a few minutes. Mm, so it's like intentionally cultivating the mm-hmm. relationship, intentionally showing up and giving Uh, And I love that because I think, you know, love is a place that we do go to give. And yeah, we Mm -hmm. don't want to give to a bottomless pit. It needs to be reciprocal. But I think when people are thinking about love, they're thinking, what am I going to get? What am I going to get? And it's like, no, you're really not ready for love until you're thinking about um, who am I going to be? How am I going to love a person? What am I going to give to a person? Because it's like you're only ready for a relationship if you're ready to be like you're ready for marriage if you're ready to be a wife, which means you're ready to show up and love and support someone else and create love within yourself and share that with another. Um, okay. So I love yeah. that, that you're saying it's an intentional mm-hmm. put effort in. Put effort in essentially is what you're sort of saying there. Right, because we worked opposite shifts. I work at a school uh, during the day. And he works in the evenings for uh, a call center. So you have to be intentional about that spending time together. And I think another big thing about too is um, learning how to be a friend, even before you're in a relationship with somebody else. Because if you can't be a really good friend to another person, even that you don't have romantic feelings towards, it's going to be really hard to have that once you uh, get into a, a romantic relationship. 
Amazing. Do you have any tips on being a good friend? If someone feels like they're struggling with any connection in their life, what, what are some tips to be a good friend? I think some good tips are to definitely be respectful of other people, um, their interests, uh, just being a nice person to other uh, other people. Also being there too is a big thing. I know sometimes it can be really difficult to connect with other people, but being there for a person, uh, uh, for, for um, just little things too. I mean, just maybe going out having a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or hanging out uh, with somebody. Uh, just being a friend to somebody to, to do that and, and making yourself available, I think is also important and just respecting others and just, just being a nice person to, to handle uh, relationships because that's how you learn uh, a great deal of that. Mm, it comes across to me as essentially, and you can correct me if I've got this wrong, but it's essentially uh, almost stepping outside of yourself and connecting across and being yep. with what someone else needs. So how can I show up for them? Instead of the yep. energy being, what can I give? It's more connecting to what might someone else need right now and communicating from that place of connecting with someone rather than, yes, yeah, just what you need. Yeah. Yeah. Like that old saying, if you want a friend, we'll be a friend. Yeah. And I think it's also important to also, um, respect yourself and to, and to be your own friend, your own friend, and uh, to, mm. in, in a lot of ways too, and to be uh, somebody that's taking care of yourself and uh, filling your cup up as well, so you can be there for other people. Oh, it's beautiful. It just reminds me. I hope you don't mind if I pop my thought in here, <laughs> but it just it's reminding me of this concept of um, connecting rather than impressing. I think. Mm-hmm. A lot of people go wrong because they're entering into interactions to impress the other person. And that Mm -hmm. ends up making the other person just feel lonely. And Mm -hmm. I think um, trust that actually more valuable than fronting or proving or impressing someone is actually making them feel like you care. People really just want to feel seen, heard and understood. And you don't need to be an impressive person to make someone feel seen, heard and understood. You just need to care. You need to actually be present with what they're saying, mm-hmm. feel into that, and then um, connect into that. So I just, it just as you were talking, I thought, I think about um, some of the people that don't have love and I watch the way they interact with me. And I often feel like mm-hmm. it's like, I haven't spoken. It's like, yep. it, they're there to impress and tell what's going on with them. And it's just, it's all, it's like a one way street of them just showing up and seeming oblivious to, connecting across the table or, or or responding to something that I've said, like I talk, it's like I didn't talk and they've soldiered on with themselves again. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think, cause it, cause it's like, be a good friend, be a good friend. Yes. Yes. But if you're not currently a good friend, what can we say that helps um, someone tick over? And I think it's showing up to an interaction with an intention mm-hmm. to connect with the other human and make them feel seen, heard and understood rather than, yep. rather than to uh, manage your image in that moment. Exactly. That I agree hundred percent. It's about being there and, and showing up and being that friend. And it's also about picking up on cues uh, that other people have too. And I think sometimes I know people that maybe haven't had a lot of luck with love and a lot of it is they think that other person might like them or then they might come on too strong and they 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 don't have that way of reading somebody else's cues too. And I kind of, 
uh, right before I met my husband, I thought, well, if it doesn't work out between us, at least I'll have a really nice friend out of the whole thing. Oh, and it was just picking up on, okay, wow. Okay. There, there are some cues here that he does like me and just picking up on that. It was so important too. Mm. And that takes um, presence with another person that mm-hmm. takes getting out of your own head and focusing on you to actually, yep. you know, someone once said to me, when you talk, talk from your body. And I think mm-hmm. what's so useful about that is if you listen from your body, instead of up in your head thinking about what you want to say, mm-hmm. it's only, you have a better connection because that makes you so present with a person and then you just trust whatever your body wants to, the answer will be there. And it, the exactly. getting, out head, yeah, getting out of your head and letting you connect with another human. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, I, I think my whole takeaway from this is just like connection is so important. <laughs> Definitely. Have you got any final tips or thoughts that you want to share on getting the love that you want? I would say if I could give one final tip, it would just be getting out there and connecting if you can, <laughs> other than behind a screen and, and getting out there and volunteering in your community or finding groups and finding places that um, you want to be at. You know, the art center is where we found our love and we even had our wedding reception there. So Aww. it's just, yeah, that was just something really special to us because we never uh, thought when we both showed up that day that that would happen. But I think it's just um, going out there and just having that connection and um, just not always just trying to go out and just to find it, but to just be happy, content. And if it's meant to be for for you, um, it'll come along. Mm, Beautiful. So that sounds like doing things for your own joy, Mm -hmm. not from some expectation of trying to make something happen. Just where would you go and that you would just have a good time, even if it meant you weren't going to meet anyone? Um, exactly. Yep. And yep. Yeah. And it's then when you're not looking. So what do you need to do that will cause you to stop looking? What will bring you so much joy and you're having such a good time that you forget to even look? I think sometimes it's just that surrender. Uh, for me, it was with just prayer saying, okay, God, I'm, I'm just, I'm surrendering this to you. Um, I think that that's what helped me with faith. But uh, I think a lot of times just it's so hard. And once you just stop taking all the pressure off yourself, it it just it it flows a lot better. And just and it's finding those people in your life, too, that also bring you joy, that are just simply friends and interest and just filling that cup up with things that, that you like to do and just surrendering that and just being happy. Beautiful. I love that. And I've honestly seen exactly what you have just said to literally be the trend to people actually calling in like the one or their soulmate or their life partner. Exactly mm-hmm. what you just said is what and who brings you joy and how can you do more of that and surrender over um you know, trying to make it happen, but trusting it's going to happen and just finding ways to be joyful in the meantime. Exactly. Yep. So that's beautiful. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, the thank you so today. much for having me on, Elise. I appreciate that. Oh, I appreciate you and your story and your sharing so much. Incredibly valuable. 
and a beautiful story of surrender and trust and like handing it over, believing in something bigger than yourself um, that mm -hmm. ultimately has your back and is supporting you. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Love with Elise Peck. I really enjoyed that conversation with Michelle. I found it insightful, sweet, wholesome, just, just lovely, uh, but also very wise and a beautiful story of letting go, just showing up, being yourself and um, following your own inspiration and doing the things that make you feel energized and that make you feel like you've found meaning in life. Um, and I love that it was also through sort of being of service to others. So showing up through volunteering, wanting to to give and wanting to kind of, I guess, in a way, be love, showing up in the world as love and uh, their love was waiting for her. All right. If you'd like to find out more about me, your host, Elise Peck, you can head to elisepeck.com, E-L-I-S-E-P-E-C-K.com. That's also in the notes of this show. And if you uh, go to the notes of this show, you'll also see Michelle's blog, up there where you can learn more about her and about her mission in life um, and more about her learning disability which we didn't really unpack on the episode so if that got your curiosity I encourage you to go go ahead and check out her blog all right well thank you so much for joining this episode if you know someone else that has a wonderful inspiring love story that has you know a lot of love the love that they want in their life please encourage them to go to my website and to go to book now and to book in a podcast interview with me on my website from time to time I also offer a free one-on-one -on -one strategy call for people that are curious about one-on-one -on -one love or life coaching so if you're feeling that the love category of your life or just your life in general is really not flowing and energizing you in the way that you would like it to one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching is a really powerful vehicle uh, for incredible transformation in all areas of your life, but I tend to focus mainly on people's love lives. It tends to be what people mostly want from me and uh, and what life wants from me and, and what I, I get a lot of energy, joy, play and fun from. So it's win, 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 win for everyone. All right. Uh, thanks so much for listening and I hope to connect with you in another episode of Love with Elise Beck. Bye for now.